Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another edition of GBB Live. I'm your host, Parker Fleming. You can find the GBB Live podcast on the Grizzly Bear Blues Podcast Network alongside the Core 4 Podcast, the 3 and D Podcast, and the Starting 5 Podcast. You can find those on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, Megaphone, iHeartRadio, or wherever you listen to your podcast. And Grizzly Bear Blues is a blog under SB Nation. Find it on the web at grizzlybearblues.com or on Twitter at SB and Grizzlies. And so Joe's not here today, but I got a great guest for y'all. It is Grind City Media's own Devin Walker. Devin, what's up, man? What's up, man? How you doing, man? Thanks for having me on the pod. Um, you know, I'm always here. I'm always down to talk Grizzly basketball, so I'm, I'm glad to be here. Absolutely. No, thank you for joining. You know, I wish uh, I had all the nicknames that Chris gives you on the show hey. off the top of my head, yeah. but uh, it's all good. Well, on the last show with uh, Jeff Calkins, I, I started out with a little fun fact about Jeff and I, and uh, just a fun fact about Devin and I, we actually went to rival high schools. He went to Houston High School. I went to Carville High School. and But, you know, I think both schools are pretty much on the come up. I mean, Carville has a big fancy new school that's like a college campus and then houston's a uh, juggernaut basketball team with mike miller as the head coach yeah man you know they play the program. Friday, right they play each other friday yeah we got an uh, off day but you know you know where i might be man shoot that that might be a, a move but uh yeah for sure and for one before we really get started here uh we're recording this before the rockets game and uh, this is the first game that they're allowing MVP season ticket holders to be there. So, uh, Devin, what do you think about fans finally just being back in? Does it just kind of like a new vibe around the office today with that in mind? I mean, it, it's pretty dope, man. I, I was just in the team store just kind of I, like during the day I do the show, the Vernon show, and I kind of just sit around the office and get stuff done on social for the Grizzlies. So I kind of like walk around when I have a little dead time. And I was in the, the, the Grizz Den, and there was fans from Springfield, Missouri, who drove down from Springfield, Missouri to come watch John Morant. They're wearing John Morant t-shirts, John Morant jerseys. So just to have that kind of vibe in the arena is going to be amazing. Because, I, you know, our guys, they're, they're young guys, they're energetic guys. To be able to feed mm-hmm. off the crowd will be pretty cool. Because, I mean, they, they haven't played with fans since, what, since March. Right. I mean, because at the bubble, we didn't have fans. Um, early in the season, we had maybe like a small amount of fans, like friends and family. So they really didn't create that atmosphere our guys were used to. So, I mean... I mean, tonight is going to be it's going to be different because for me, I got used to being it, it being kind of quiet because well, we had music and they play in the arena, uh, not that much fan noise. But I, I'm, I'm kind of excited for tonight to see what the fans are going to bring because because we have the best fans in the NBA. So mm-hmm. do it. yeah, I'm honestly just really f- looking forward to it for guys like X and Dez just because they haven't had that experience yet in the NBA. They had that March Madness experience cut out for them in their last college years. So I'm just really excited for those guys to really show what they can do in front of the fans and you know just a little bit of normalcy is always nice Uh, even though it's just like 2,000 fans really it's still just going to be very surreal to be able to not have as much uh, pumped in fan noise actually have like authentic noise it's gonna be really cool one thing I do want to ask you Devin is I mentioned like you grew up in Memphis like you went to Houston high school and now you're the social media manager for your hometown team is that just surreal? Like, what are your feelings around just being able to work for your organization and really play a big part of it too and running the social medias? Yeah, it's a dream, man. It's it's a thing when you come up in this in the city where you 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 have basketball kind of instilled in your DNA from day one. You know, where mm-hmm. when you grow up, you watch the the Derrick Roses of the world. You watch because um, when I grew up, 
I was into the Grizzlies, but it was more so like it was, I would see them from a distance, like Mother Mike Collies and the Tony Allens. And then as I got older, I kind of got more into it. So for me to be running social and being like hand in hand with these guys and work with these guys on the daily, see how they operate, see what their DNA is. It's, it's a dream, man, because mm. for me, my, my, it's, it's all about finding your niche. I feel like when you're, when you're working and you're trying to find your way in this business. And for me, I found my niche really early. And I think it kind of benefited me being my, my dream sport that I played in high school basketball being combined with my niche, which is social media. We've been, when we add the Memphis vibe in there, it's kind of like a match made in heaven. Cause I think when teams follow other, when people follow other brands and other teams, they want an authentic feel. They want to feel like mm-hmm. that person's connected to the city or, or the organization or uh, they're, they're, they feel like they can relate to that person. And I feel like I bring that vibe where when you read our captions, when you read anything that we do, it's like, okay, this person's from Memphis or this person is yeah. connected to the city in some kind of way. And, it, and it, it makes people gravitate to our page even more because they know it's not just a robot or it's not just a, an intern, as they say, oh, uh, yeah. behind, behind the account, uh, pumping out captions, pumping out content. So like I said, it's, it's a dream come true, man, because it, my personality is Memphis at all mm-hmm. times. And yeah. I give credit to my bosses, Carrie and all everybody, everybody else that I work with on the daily to kind of give me that freedom to make make our voice of the Memphis Grizzlies as Memphis as possible. So I, it's, it's a little bit of me and more so with them kind of giving me the reins and giving me the, the freedom to be as, as Memphis as they say as possible. For sure. Yeah, I always like your, your references to to Memphis hoops. I, I grew up in, in the hoop circuit a little bit. I played a little AAU. I played I played in high school a little bit. But just those captions where it's like you have to be a real one to know. Like, yeah. like the Des, the Desmond Bain three-pointers ones, I was like, yep. I, I like kind of had the, the mental in my head. I was trying to see if I could find a video to where I can like get one of his clips and add the sound to it. But uh, I think one of the unique things about your experience in, in this team, in this city in particular, is – you know, the, this Grizzly team, they're next gen. And in a way, you're like a next gen social media guy. You're you're about, how old are, you're two, three years older than me. You're 26, 27? Yep. Okay, yeah. So you're getting to grow into the job with these young guys as they're growing up in the league. So like, do you kind of see it as that? And do you just kind of see it as just like you click with the team because you relate to what they – do what they like all that stuff that helps my that helps my job bro so much because I, when i when i talk to the guys we're, we're listening to the same music uh we're watching the same kind of shows and we're kind of vibing off the same thing so when i when i talk to them it's like okay we're on the same wavelength so like i said it makes my job so much easier because sometimes when older older social media people they try to connect with their fan their players and the, the, it doesn't really hit you know and you can tell there's not really a hit and if you look at our content our guys they understand what my job is and that kind of helps a lot because our next gen guys they're they're 21 22 24 25 they've grown up in social media they know what mm-hmm. social media is they know the benefits of social media so when i'm standing there with my phone I, they, they know this is going on social media so they're they're more inclined to communicate with me and re uh interact with me because they know Devin's a social media guy Devin's going to put this on social media so like when to your point it helps so much because they know they the trusting they know and they trust that i won't for me on social i will never ever put them in the light where they're kind of made fun of or looked down on i'm always here to promote their promote them and promote the brand and our team and even a little bit of petty like for for, for instance like last season when um when Ken, like bam out of bio walked in the arena wearing kendrick nunn on his shirt the rookie of the year 
that shirt. Ja is a petty guy. Yeah. Ja is a guy like our, our, our brand is kind of petty to be petty to other teams and make, cause it's a Memphis, it's the Memphis in me. Like mm-hmm. I'm not going to let anybody talk down. If we're winning, we'll let you know we're winning. If we're losing, we might take a little, we might throw a little stab out there just to let you know, shout out to Indiana, shout out to Hoosiers. Mm-hmm. Um, but when he, when Bam Adebayo wore that shirt, one of our guys let me know. He's like, bro, look at this. We got to say something. We got to do something. So to have our guys like, let me know, like, bro, we gotta, we got, we gotta, we gotta do something. And to understand the social media impact and how much influence it has, it, dude, it helps my job so much because th- that was one of our best tweets of the year from last season is us reacting to uh, Bam Adebayo's Rookie of the Year shirt, and uh, and that that didn't come from me. That came from one of our guys. It, like, dude, look yeah. at this. I know you have a meme for this. Bet I got you. So yeah, I, that helps so much, man. Our guys are in that age group where they know the influence and the power of social media. Absolutely, for sure. You really hit on it with the pettiness. I know the thing that came to my mind was the Andre Iguodala stuff after, I think it was uh, Mark Giannato asked about uh, Iguodala's situation at Dylan Brooks, and then it just kind of escalated, turned into this big fire. But no, it really just makes the the Memphis Grizzly social media experience and Grizz Twitter just a, re- a really good one because you have the players that are active. Like you have John Morant, you know, quote tweeting stuff and uh, being petty, but also too just like interacting with the fans. Yes, and, that's my big thing, man. Like when, mm-hmm. you, when you talk about Chris Twitter being a part of the experience, I, for me, I know it's about the fans. I know it's about people. I know it's about crew, about bringing up, bringing people behind the curtain of what they can't see on the daily. So for me, I try to make sure like I blend. A lot of my tweets, I put Grizz Twitter. Like, I want to connect with Grizz Twitter because I know mm. those are the people that are they're building our brand and help to kind of push our brand to another level. So, dude, anytime we're, like you said, interacting, 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 interacting with our fans because the fans are the reason why, why we're good at what we do. So I try to make sure I connect with the fans as much as possible on social. Absolutely, for sure. And I, I know just like kind of bouncing off of that and what you were talking about, like the players, like they like collaborate with you on ideas and stuff. And one thing I notice is also too, is how they interact with you and your brand. And, you know, like they're retweeting your stuff on your personal brand and they're replying to you as well as the Grizzly social media. Just knowing that the team's got your back, whether it's your personal brand or the team's brand, that has to add some extra confidence to you as a social media manager, right? Yeah, 100%, because it lets me know, like, the guys rock with what I do. They know that they know that the, the guy that runs the social is not a cornball, you know? He's not mm-hmm. a guy that he's not just doing this for the, the brand or doing this for social media. It's kind of authentic of what he what he does. Uh, so that, like I said, that gives me confidence. Like, anytime our guys, like, come to me and say, yo, that caption was dope, I have had an instance where one of our guys kind of joked on one of my captions. And he said, bro, Devin, come on. So it, it kind of goes both ways with, like, Devin, come on, bro. I'm like, okay, my bad. My bad. So it, it goes both ways where it's, it's fun and loving and joking, but it also, like you said, it gives me confidence to, to kind of do my job and keep not push the envelope, but like kind of not be afraid to, to go get out there. Like if I know a guy, for instance, if Jaws, his name gets dropped in a song, I'm going to use the lyrics from a song in a job highlight. Or if Jaren is... Jaren's like a ra- aspiring rapper, Trip J. A lot of people don't know his his, his nickname is Trip J. So, of mm-hmm. course, we're going to use that because of our relationship with our guys and our captions to make fans feel like they're a part of the experience. And they're like, oh, Trip J. Oh, Jaren, this. Oh, like, so I think that our, the fact that our guys connect with me and uh, whether it's personal, whether it's on um, our team social, it dude, it gives me the, the most confidence in the world because it's like if our guys rock with me, then I'm pretty sure our fans are rocking me kind of thing, you know? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah, absolutely. And uh, just one final question on uh, your job and your your role. I know Joe was really wanting to know this is what are some like best practices as a social media manager when, you know, you have the angry fans and the mentions or even better yet, the the trades that you get added at on the main account where like, hey, at Memphis Grizz, y'all need to make this trade. What are the, some of the best practices in dealing with that? You know, it's called uh, it's called swipe. <laughs> it's mm-hmm. called swipe past it. Like, I see some of the craziest trades, man. For some reason, Grizz Twitter is like, I don't know how it is in other markets, but I think Grizz Twitter leads the leads the league and like trade machine hypothetical trades we need this guy we need this guy for for me on, on the brand side dude we just swipe by it and if it's something hilarious we might interact with it but other than that it's just like a we see we see it we see the we see the hypothetical like ah, okay that's good feed swipe by or we might even like if it's if it's the most ridiculous we might find a way to work it into a tweet sometime in the future so um i don't know man it's just one of those things like you just you just it's a part of the experience it's a part of being a social media manager you're gonna you're gonna have fans being passionate and wanting guys to be on the team or wanting guys to be this wanting guys to be that so it's just a part of the experience man we just for me i just swipe by i laugh like i laugh like I, it's been a couple of trades i'm like dude come on like seriously and i'll like look at him like okay come on and i just laugh about it but we don't really like as far as interacting with trades we don't really you don't really we don't really look at it or touch it from a yeah. social media point. Yeah, I know from a from a content perspective, I gotta every now and then come up with the trade machine stuff. And yeah, man, y'all are the king try, of that, man. Yeah, I try not to at y'all or anything because I'm like, okay, I know Devin's not making the trades, and unless you got something to tell us, you're not taking those to Zach or Tayshawn. So you know what's, you know what's crazy, dude, and that, and that's another point you bring up. And to, I don't know why I didn't say this from the jump, but I don't think people realize that it's a person behind the account. Like the person yeah. sitting behind the computer is not our, up our front office, like checking our mentions to see what the fans are trying to say with trades. It's me. It's Carrie. It's our, it's our social team. It's humans. Like it's us, you know? So um, when they say like fire this person, or they say trade this person, or they say at Mim Grizz, this person's trash. I mean, what do you expect to respond to that? Are you, like, exactly. What do you expect? So, uh, to your point of that, when people add us, when they say like this person's trash or take this person out the game, bro, we're not coaching, we're not making subs, we just get these tweets off. And I, now that I think about it, I, that I go back, I just kind of circle around. But the the best practice for me when it comes to not just trade, not trades, when it comes to fans saying, uh, bench this person or play this person more or why isn't this person starting or why did the person take this shot? I use the respond of, uh, bro, I just send the tweets. Mm-hmm. I just just use the most fun way. Just let you know, uh, this person just sends the tweets. We don't really make any decisions. We just we just make the memes, man. We just make the memes and send the tweets. Absolutely, and that's just a perfect chance to ratio them, all, yeah, all for content. Ratio gang, man. Ratio gang. <laughs> for sure, yeah. So we're gonna take a quick ad break here, but on the other side, we will get to our question of the day. All right. So I want to give a shout out to the the ninety seven fans in counting who have voted on the question of the day. And so Joe only put four options here, but Devin, obviously the rest of the team's fair game. So it was, which of these players is the most underrated member of next gen Grizzlies? And the options were D'Anthony Melton, Dylan Brooks, Tyus Jones, and Grayson Allen. It was very neck and neck with Tyus and Melton. Uh, It was like a 36 and uh, 35. And then 
uh, Brooks and Grayson were tied at 14.4%. But I really just, one thing I always try to ask people, you know, like when I'm ever having to interact with, you know, other people in the Grizzlies media or other people from other SB Nation sites is, who besides John Jaron do you like? And do you think it's like very underrated or like you're very high on their game? So Devin, I just want to ask you is who's the most slept on next gen Grizzlies player? Slept on. Slept on is a good question, man, because I think people are slowly people are slowly starting to like get on the D'Anthony Milton train. I feel mm-hmm. like people are high on the email. The people that watch the Grizzlies every day, they know how how important and how impactful D'Anthony Milton that they call him the grind son or the, the next Tony Allen kind of thing. They knew how we knew how important he was. He was like the mixtape that everybody that you listen to, that none of your friends listen to. But then you try to put your friends on and they didn't want to listen to it. But now it's becoming a thing. And they're like, oh, that's the one you told me about. So DeAnthony Milton, he was that guy last year. So I think it's the most slept on because DeMail is starting to he's starting to kind of get some get some traction with with, with the Grizzlies, with Grizz Twitter, because people they they see a lot of Tony Allen in him. Even Tony Allen himself, he said like we have him on the show every every Tuesday on the Vernon show. He he sees so much of him himself in DeAnthony. Um, I call him a Super Saiyan Tony Allen for my DBZ fans out there. Super nice. Saiyan Tony, so, Tony with a jump shot. Um, but as far as slept on Grizz, I'm gonna go deep. I'm gonna go deep for this one. And he's on the pole. He's a name on the pole. But I think, man, if you're a Grizzly lifer, if you're a full lifer, as they say, uh, shout out to Drewski. Uh, who who you talk about us connecting with the culture. He retweeted us a couple games ago. Um, Tyus Jones. The Grizzlies, in the history of the Grizzlies, they never had a backup point guard that when either Mike Conley sat down or or any Grizzly point guard from the past, when they sat down, you kind of held onto your seat to, to pray and hope that things didn't fall apart. But Tyus Jones, man, when he gets on the court, you know that everything's going to be okay. He had a season high, 14 assists a couple games ago. He, him and Ja work like this. They work hand in hand. Um, if you look, just look at the numbers, 12, 21, they, they, they go, they do this. So mm-hmm. they're, they're, they're mirror images of each other, except Ja has a little bit more bounce and Ja's, you know, Ja's Ja. But I think as far as underrated Grizz, I think Tyus Jones maybe. It's Tyus Jones first. I think people are catching him with D-Mail, so I'll put him third. But also number two is probably Kyle Anderson. Mm-hmm. I think Kyle Anderson as a player – um, when you look at him, when he came, when he came to the Grizzlies, he was just – he was a piece that was going to be a wing defender, a guy that can get to the rack. He wasn't going to average many points, but he's going to do his job. But with this next-gen Grizz team, they've, he'd kind of been pushed to shoot threes and be more of a three-point shooter and more of a, more of a scoring player, and he's blown up. Like, he is – we talked we talked about earlier today, his highest scoring average as a player was eight points. This year he's averaging 13. So, and last year he averaged five points a game. So Kyle Anderson, I think is the guy he slept on because he is, he does, he does little things, you know, he's, he does little things and it's, it's things that it's not, they're not flashy because of the slow-mo Euro, the jump, the slow jump shot. I mean, he, he caught a couple bodies, but like, he's not a guy that when, when Grizz fans say, oh yeah, I watch the Grizzlies. Yeah. Ja, Jaron, BC, they won't say Kyle Anderson's name. So I think I'm, I got to show, show slow-mo some love because he has a game that I think is very underrated within Grizz, Grizz family and Grizz Nation. Absolutely, yeah. I could totally relate where I think on that poll, I voted for D'Anthony Melton just because, you know, that jumper's coming around. And, yeah. man, his ceiling, like Super Saiyan, uh, Saiyan uh, I didn't watch Dragon Ball Z growing up, so I'm probably going to botch the uh, pronunciation a little bit. But th- that version of Tony Allen, that's so true. I mean, I know – 
uh, just reading around like nationally and stuff, he gets those like Marcus Smart comps. And I remember reading somebody who said like, if that jumper comes around, like I think somewhere between like Smart and Van Fleet would be yeah. like pretty ideal. And obviously with Tyus Jones, he's one of the best facilitators in the league. Not like in terms of like volume, but the fact of how he takes care of the ball, how he controls the pace. It, it's honestly in a way kind of reminiscent of Mike Conley, just uh, how he just sets up his teammates and, you know, he really gets everybody in that right spot. I mean, you saw last year where the Grizzlies would obliterate people when they put out ties, melt and BC, they would obliterate people. And you, you're seeing ties kind of come around a little bit, you know, now that he's back in his element as a backup point guard. But yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree with you more on just the steps that Kyle Anderson's made as a jump shooter, but also I, I just think they're also figuring out how to use him as well. I think that was always the big problem, uh, you know, like in the, his first two years is, okay, we had this slow wing. He's not really much of a shooter, but everything else he does is just like really good. I, I always call him uh, middle-class Ben Simmons. Like, middle-class like Ben Simmons, I'm dead. <laughs> yeah. Funny. Well, no, because, you know, I hate the, I hate the term – poor man's because poor yeah, man's yeah, means yeah. are trash. Yeah. Like you still want a Kyle Anderson on your team. I just really like the steps that he's taken thus far as a player. And he, he's been really kind of an anchor for this Grizzlies team with how much he had to do with jaw out with Jaron out. Dude, even for, with him the, to, for him to completely change his game, because like, if you watch Kyle Anderson, when he played for the Spurs and his, his first two years with, with us, he wasn't, he wasn't going to take, he wasn't going to take threes. When he, when you swing swing, if you swing swing to him on the wing, he's gonna hold it, or he's mm-hmm. gonna low pump fake and try to get to the rack. Right now, when, when it's a swing swing, when Kyle shoots it, you think it's going in. Like it's it's the evolution of Kyle has been like my biggest. I I love it, man. His evolution because mm-hmm. as an NBA player, you don't have to grow, you don't have to be that guy. When 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 coaches get fired or they bring in new coaches that want you to shoot threes, you don't have to say, okay, I'll do what I, I'll do what I need to do, coach. He's the guy to like work with. It was a point last year where he would come in after games and then he would hold it was a, our shooting coach to get on FaceTime and he would work on his jump shot over and over, over and over again because he wanted to be a better shooter. It's so I think for him, I admire his work ethic because he didn't have to change his game. But for, for the better, the betterment of the team, he wanted to change his game and be a part of the, the Grizz Next Gen era. And he changed his game. He's a knockdown shooter. Uh, he does, like you said, he played point guard for us when job went down. So I, I salute Kyle Anderson, man. Like I, I know fans will say, oh, it's just Kyle Anderson, but he does so many things, man, on basketball court. Absolutely. Yeah, everybody always likes to point to the speed of his jump shot, but that snap on that wrist is like textbook. Like, if you're going to put out you know, a, a DVD on good shooting form, you may not get the windup of Kyle Anderson, but that follow-through is the just textbook. Perfect. It's perfect, man. It's a perfect follow-through. I, I, I wanted to use a meme recently where uh, I wanted to put a, a what you sleep on, what what I sleep on, and what y'all sleep on. Exactly, kind of yeah. Gotta, people got to stop sleeping on slow-mo, man. Smooth mode is what we call them. We upgraded him to smooth mode from slow-mo. Ooh, I like that. I like that. I may, I may have to toss that on the GBB account. I'll give y'all credit, but. Go ahead, man. Tell, use what you got to, man. For and sure. that's, that's another thing, like our social, like I feel like for us, from a brand's perspective, I think we've kind of, I kind of influenced everybody around us to like have fun. You know, it's, mm-hmm. of course it's, it's basketball. It's um, there's analytics, there's stats, there's stuff like that. But I think from a brand it's perspective and our team perspective, people have fun on social now. 
people are posting memes. They're they're posting uh, funny quotes. They're using different things. So I think just not just not us, but I think our team has kind of influenced the city to kind of be to have a little bit more fun, whether it's social, whether it's within anything. So, man, I, I think that impact that the Grizzly Gen era is having on the city is crazy right now. Absolutely, for sure. It's, it's definitely a fun time to be a Memphis Grizzly fan. And I'm going to close the show with arguably the two reason, two of the biggest reasons why there's a lot of excitement behind the team. That's John Jaron. Obviously, there's so many comps thrown out. I mean, I've seen people from Bajad's, they say, oh, he has a little bit of Chris Paul, a little bit of Rondo, a little bit of uh, Westbrook, Wall, D Rose, AI. And with Jaron, uh, obviously, statistically, he's like kind of like a similar like Christos Porzingis, but I know a comparison that uh, Joe Molinax likes to use is 6'11 Clay Thompson. And so to close the show, Devin, I, I want to ask you who do Ja and Jaron remind you of on the basketball floor? John Jaron. John Jaron. You know, um, I, I wasn't expecting that. John Jaron. I, I think when people will try to use comps and try to compare the guys to other guys, I think our guys. Jaw's unique in itself. I don't think there's ever been a guy from Jaw's kind of what he does on the floor. I mean, we've had guys like Chris Paul control the control the pace, control the tempo, but Chris Paul has never been as as athletic as Jaw is. And you have guys like Russell Westbrook who are, who are athletic as athletic as Jaw, but they don't have that point guard instinct to kind of control everything. So I think when you when you try to put a label on our guys, I say they're the best Jaw and Jaren that there is in the league. I don't like I said, man. Like those two dudes, they can care. They're gonna they're gonna win a championship one day here, and I can I cannot wait to be a part of that parade because it's gonna be a moment in Memphis that we will never forget. Because those they're two generational generational talents. Jock, who is I think there's no bias involved, is and I've used this kind of term. I've used this kind of comparison on the Vernon show because we want to compare him to a player who has, who has the impact. He's gonna have the cultural impact on the game that Allen Iverson had. I think personally, whether it's kids want to be like him, kids are doing their hair like him, people are wearing the sleeve like him, they're wearing number 12 like him, they're dancing like like everything that Ja does, we see kids kind of replicate. Other guys in the NBA are doing the goggles. Before oh, yeah. Ja did it, actually, we never saw anybody do this in the NBA. Or we saw the, the little boy. We saw Russ do the rock the baby, but we've seen more guys in the NBA do the little boy thing than ever this season. And where do we see that? Ja Morant. Yeah. So I think as far as impact goes, I think Ja is going to be the next Ja Morant in, in, in the NBA. Uh, and and Jaren's going to be the next Jaren, man. That's, that's, those are my two comps. John, John Jaren or compared to John Jaren. I, I like that a lot. I really do. You know, I, I never – or I use, like, player comps. It's just kind of like a – you know, for my friends that aren't as familiar, it's like, oh, this, this person's a lot like this person or whatever. Yeah, benchmarks. Yeah, for sure. Or like ceilings. Like, oh, I think this player could be this. But you're absolutely right because when you think about it, especially with the how Jaw got to the league and his trajectory here, it's unlike a lot of from what we've seen. You know, we we saw Dame and CJ and Steph do it, but Jaw's a different player than those guys and yep. how he attacks. And Jaron, I was I was telling my co-host on the core four last week, like he hit shots and like step backs that. Nobody should do it seven feet. He's like moving like Bradley Beal out on the perimeter. And there's no, there's not really a, a comp for that because 
I think it's just a, a big part of the, the evolution of basketball in general Yeah, is a lot more perimeter based big men. I mean, we're going to see over the next few years, really what that's like with some of these guys coming up, but no, I really, I really like that insight. And I think, I think people kind of get lost in that, you know, where the thing that drives me insane is when granted with like D melt and TA that's understandable, but it's not, it's not put our guys in, a box of just like, Oh, let's compare them to former Memphis Grizzlies. Like let, let them be them and let, let them rock. I mean, they're, they're doing their email, thing out there. Email kind of, he, he accepts it because he knows how beloved Tony is in this organization or in this city. Cause so that's why for him, I think that's a, for him, that's a good comp. But like, like as far as like John, who's like a, I, like I said, generation. And I think the only, the only comparison I've ever made with John is his DNA of being loyal to where he's from. Is to Damian Lillard. That's the only com- mm-hmm. that's the only comparison I've ever made. And that's not his game. That's not what he does on the court. It's just his DNA. It's being loyal to who drafted him and loyal to the loyal to the soil is what Dame calls it. Um, as far as a guy who's a mid major who wasn't who's overlooked in high school and college and comes in the NBA and blows up. But um, like I said, that's not his game. That's nothing about his game. I think that's just more so his DNA of he has his family. He has his group around him that he's loyal to. He's loyal to the people that he knew from the beginning in the NBA. They, they're talking about Dame a little bit, and people always said, "Dame, you should go here. Dame, you should go here. You should, you should be, you should, you could be better here." But he always stayed loyal to Portland, mm-hmm. and I think that's for me. I think that's that DNA. I think that Ja has is that loyal to the soil. My guys kind of came up with me. I'm gonna stick to my guns no matter what kind of thing. So that's why that's that's the only comparison I ever make with Ja. Ja's gonna be the Ja's gonna be Ja for the player. But I think as you can, if you want to compare DNA and how they're how they're brought up, I think that that Damon really is probably the only one. Yeah, for sure. Okay. You know, Devin, I really appreciate you coming on the show. Do you want to plug some stuff in before you uh, sign off here? Uh, we'll plug some stuff. Hey, watch the Chris Vernon show every day on GrindCityMedia.com, on YouTube, on Spot. Listen on Spotify. Listen on iTunes. Um, follow us on MemGrizz. Follow us on Grind City Media. Uh, you can follow me on my personal if you want. I really don't care, but uh, but you could do that. Uh, rather you follow follow our brands because I want to do. Like I said, I I know people say like they want to uplift their personal brands. For me, I want to uplift uplift the city any way I can. You know, like I'm. You talked about how I'm a kid from the city. I do this. I do that. Any way I can do to help the city, man, I love doing it. So follow our brands at Memgrizz at Grind City Media. Show us some love. Show Megan Triplett some love. Show Michael Wallace some love. Chris Vernon, John Roser, Megan Triplett. Kelsey Wright Johnson, Jessica Benson, show all my people some love. And uh, keep following us, man. It's going to be a fun ride, I promise you. Absolutely. Yeah. Make sure you're following all the members of Grind City Media, including Devin. Uh, there, there's no other place like Grind City Media in the NBA as far as what they do, the content they put out. So make sure you're watching The Vernon Show, watching Rise and Grind with Jessica Benson and Megan Triplett, just Grizzlies with Kelsey Wright Johnson. It, it's, a, it's, a, it's a good experience. All the all the shows, man. All the shows. All the tune shows, in. yeah. Man, have fun. And the, just tune into all our social because we, we promise to always have fun, bring good vibes, and always have a good time, man. For sure, yes. And uh, for some of the GBB vibes, make sure you're following us on Twitter at SBN Grizzlies. Read all of our written content at grizzlybearblues.com. And make sure you're liking, subscribing, downloading, whatever you need to do for the Grizzly Bear Blues Podcast Network. You can follow me on Twitter at Paca underscore Flocka, and you can follow the podcast on Twitter at GBB Live. That, that's it.
sip. 